just a natural thing to say like, okay, what are my interests? All right, I'm a big soccer fan. I love Melbourne Victory. Cool, I'm going to make a show about that. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was actually, that show was connected to a blog I was writing at the time as well, which wasn't very good either. But but that's just, you know, how you, how you go. You progress and I can look back at the early stuff I did and yeah, it was pretty bad. But you only learn through doing. Right, so right. that's just the natural progression. I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now uh, in, in podcasting if I didn't, you know, do those shows early, earlier on. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is the Hope Initiative, a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Hope Initiative. My name is Rin. For those of you who don't know me, it was a little bit of a dry July. only had the two episodes, so to make up for that and to catch up to my self-imposed deadline, this is the first of four episodes coming to you in quick succession over the next uh, couple of weeks. And in this episode, I'm proud to, you know, present James Parkinson, who has been a friend of mine over the past few years. He himself is a professional audio producer and podcast creator. He's someone that I've looked up to for a number of years, gave me a lot of inspiration, which you'll come to learn about in this episode. He produces really high quality work, and I learned a lot in this episode, and I'm sure that even if you listening maybe have no aspirations to make your own podcast but even just in terms of creating something you'll you'll get a lot out of this so as always enjoy and here is james james parkinson welcome to the hope initiative thank you good to be here yeah we're in your place today we are you are a professional audio producer is that how you would You'd put it. Yeah, you can you can say that. Yeah, um, I am. Yeah, I predominantly podcast though, but um, yes. Awesome. You're a source of inspiration for me when I first got into listening to podcasts around 2011, 2012. That's when you were producing the A League show, which mm. I believe, or well, you feel free to correct me, of course, but might have been one of your first shows it was one of the first yeah uh it was the second show actually so uh i started with a show called victory cast which was not very good that was in 2011 so that was a a podcast about melbourne victory and then that lasted about a year before i killed that show i started uh the a-league show which yeah followed on from that so that was you know going from one podcast about a single club to an entire league essentially so yeah, that was the progression there. Yeah, right. And since that A-League show, which was, as I say, the first sort of awareness I had of, of you and, and podcasts, really, I was trying to remember what was the first podcast I ever listened to, and that was certainly one of the first. Cool. So, yeah, thank you for introducing me, in a sense. You're welcome. But over the years, you produced many other things, and most recently, your series by association released... Was it five? A season of five episodes, yeah. Right. So these are more narrative uh, episodes, you know, highlighting and talking about a certain event or a certain topic regarding the world game. 
right? Correct, yeah. So, yeah, so by association is a, a narrative documentary style podcast about football and the human connection behind the beautiful game. So it's not just about what happens on the pitch. It's, it's about everything that surrounds the game and how people, you know, connect with it and the relationship people have with it. Yeah, all sorts of stories, you know, throughout uh, football history. Beautiful. I actually recently listened or actually re-listened to the one on the, the American women's team on the way here today. Right, yeah. Yeah, just again, because it was a really good story about how they've progressed. So anyone listening, definitely check that out after this. But my my first question really to you is you, you've progressed and, and done all these things and your quality, so to speak, of audio is for me, as I say, a source of inspiration. You know, I'm here today and we're recording with your equipment, uh, which is different for me. You know, I mentioned when I when I arrived that I sort of feel a bit naked almost because all I've got today mm. is like a hard drive. I am clothed, don't get me wrong, but I didn't bring my microphone and what I usually have. But for you and how your audio life has progressed, I want to ask, when was the first time that you were really interested in sound that's a very interesting question actually so i think i've always kind of had a little kind of fascination with with audio in some way maybe i didn't necessarily like know what it was or you know recognize it as a thing you know when i was younger but i think it's always kind of been there so you know i grew up basically like recording myself on cassette tapes and pretending I was on radio and interviewing family members and that kind of thing. So that's kind of, I guess, a very early version of podcasting in some ways. Um, There's kind of a, there's a nice little connection there. Yeah. So I've kind of always been a radio listener, less so these days now that podcasts have kind of taken over, but I did grow up listening a lot to, to the radio and all sorts of stuff, you know, not just music, but, you know, chit-chat and the kind of, uh, you know, typical radio shows you you, uh, you have. So, that was definitely part of uh, part of my kind of upbringing. And, you know, I've been a big music fan as well for a long time and introduced to a lot of music by my dad. I love old music, but obviously a lot of bands that I grew up with and stuff as well. So, so audio has always kind of been there. And yeah, definitely that aspect of recording myself on cassette and pretending I was on radio. There was always that kind of fascination of like, I want to, you know, I want to be on the radio and play music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I did, you know, eventually uh, achieve down the line. But then I realized that it wasn't exactly exactly what I wanted to do. But this was obviously before, you know, podcasting was a, was a thing. So, yeah, those are the roots. And then... Shortly after high school, I studied audio production. This is 2008. Okay. So, I finished high school in 2005 and then kind of wandered around for a little bit, not sure what I was going to do and, you know, tried a few different things and did a lot of just work. Did they have much audio in your high school? Like, were you Zero. exposed to it? Right. Zero. I mean, there was a music room yep. with instruments, but I'm not a musician. Right. So, uh, yeah, that was basically the extent of it. Sure. You know, I've, I've dabbled in guitar, but I'm not a player. I can't really play i just yeah. you know i've always kind of wanted to learn but it's just it's a it's a commitment you know and it's tough of course um so it's not something that i've dedicated a lot of time to so yeah that was that's basically it and then once i realized that you know audio was what i wanted to do i you know made steps to to go and study it and started to learn about oh this is a thing you can actually go and study and learn so yeah i was always you know i was fascinated with sound for film and 
things as well, the sound of movies and, and video games and sound design and, and that kind of thing. So that was definitely part of my motivation to go and study audio production, yep. uh, which I eventually, yeah, did in 2008 at uh, SAE Institute in, uh, in South Melbourne. So that was a whole new world opening up to me of just like, you know, they've got pretty cool studios there and you've got all this gear you can get your hands on. You've got to do a lot of theory before you get your hands on that gear. Um, but even that side of things was was fascinating to me. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, very fun time of being able to just experiment with stuff and, yeah. you know, you get assignments where you get to record a, you know, a band or a musician and things like that. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting craft. Right. So when you were doing that theory work, as you mentioned, you had to do quite a bit before yeah. getting your hands on a mic. My experience thus far making these podcast episodes, very, very basic. And, you know, if it's not, evident for people who have listened to my episodes before i love soccer and that's how we met at my local soccer club or mm-hmm. ours i'd like to say you're you know just as involved in in a sense or as yeah. much of a supporter but you get down and so that's how sort of we met but i guess i've asked you questions over the years or the past couple of years so to speak Mm. and you recommended you know the zoom h5 which is what i used to record and i know this is a little bit technical for listeners but ultimately my point is i got these these bits of equipment and i learned the bare minimum i needed to record and i've just gone out and started recording and so i'm very confident this will be the best quality of audio thus far but that was how i got started when you were doing all your theory like were you coming back home and and playing around? I mean, you already mentioned you would record yourself on a cassette tape, you know, when mm-hmm. you were younger, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, how did you like balance that? Because I was sitting here watching you while we set up today, and it looks quite technical, right? And yeah. I feel like you got to balance that theory with the practicality of actually pressing record and and doing it. Is that- yeah, there's there's quite a lot involved. And look, a lot of the theory, like, I may not even, you know, remember now, but that is the basis to, to you know, what sound is and, and what it takes to actually get a good recording and how the gear works and, you know, how a microphone works. You know, what what is it actually doing when it picks up sound and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, that is like the, the background basics before you get your hands on stuff. So, you know, I was doing a lot of, you know, reading and, and going back through notes and, and, and lectures and things like that through that, that process and just kind of taking in everything I could because it was it was so new and it was so fascinating. Yeah, but then I think the first, one of the first projects you do is like, you know, you just get into a studio and you learn how to use a mixing desk and, and how to actually get sound from a microphone, you know, in the little studio, in the booth, into the mixer and how to record it. So they set you up with, or they give you, you know, a microphone and a mic stand and a CD player and you put the CD in, you press play, set the microphone up and you're recording, you know, the sound coming out of a CD player from a microphone. But it's just to illustrate that like, you know, sound is is coming in and then, you know, you go back into the control room and actually, you know, put the faders up, turn the gain up and you go, okay, I'm getting sound in. And then you kind of learn that way. And then you can, you know, ma- manipulate that through the, the mixing board as well. So that's very, very basic kind of step. And then the next project I think we did was like a, a group project where you 
get a musician in or, you know, if one person in your group plays an instrument, then you record a song or something and, yeah, you kind of, you build up slowly that way. So, this was, it was a very music heavy course. Yeah. Um, we did do other things like sound for film and stuff, but that was a, they're smaller components to the overall uh, diploma. So, it's basically setting you up, but. It, it means that you can then go on into the audio industry and, and work in, you know, various capacities. So, yep. you know, a few years after that, I got a job in commercial radio. So, I worked as a producer, commercial producer and an announcer. So, and that was in a country station okay. out in, in Western Victoria. You got a great voice to be an announcer. When you said the line for by association before, I'm like, that's exactly how it sounds in the podcast. <laughs> You've said it a few times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those kind of lines are, are very key to have your, you know, succinct sentence of like, you know, what's your, what's your show about? You've got to be able to sum it up in, in that kind of like 10, 15 word sentence. Anyway, yeah, so that was an interesting process uh, going out to the country uh, in itself. And then actually, yeah, being on air every day and then also you know, making all the ads and stuff as well. So through my training, through my course, you know, I learned Pro Tools, which is the audio recording and editing software. So that's what I was using every day to, you know, create ads basically and put them together and and schedule them to to go on air. So that was the major, the main component of the of the job. And then the rest is announcing. And you're, it's literally like it's all pre-recorded these days. If you see, if you hear an announcer, you know, back announcing a song. That's it's mostly pre-recorded a lot sure. of it these days. Okay. So you record your, your your segments, and then you you know that goes into the system and plays out automatically. So it sounds like you're on it at that time, but you're actually not. So I'd go in, you know, start my day, and the first hour of my day would be recording my my three hour music shift for the oh, day. Okay. So I think you do about what was it like five back announcers or something or six within an hour, something like that. So you kind of try and smash those out as quick as you can and then, yeah, and then spend the rest of the day making ads. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you're doing and, and working in the industry, so to speak, but it's my understanding you're not doing that now, correct? Correct. Right. So you're more producing audio and certain shows specifically and, and for yourself and how it's progressed into the first one you mentioned around the Melbourne Victory... What was it called again, sorry? It was called Victory Cast. Victory Cast. Yeah. So, That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you get to, you know, releasing Victory Cast and then the yep. A-League show. But earlier you're, you're learning in, 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 the, in the industry there. What made you go to doing these shows? Like, was it something you had from a young age you wanted to produce your own stuff rather than be on radio? Like... Well, I was a podcast listener before I was a, you know, podcast producer. So, right. that was kind of the trigger point of like, hey, there's like this whole world of audio out there where people are just doing their own thing and making, you know, cool shows. So, that was fascinating to me because it was like, well, there's people who don't even have, you know, a diploma in audio like I do and they're making these cool shows. Like, I'm sure I could do that too. Like, you know, so that that seemed like a natural progression. Sure. So, yeah, I was fascinated by, by podcasts and this whole new world of, of kind of DIY audio shows, essentially. And, yeah, so it was like, well, yeah, I'm going to try and do that too. And it was just a natural thing to say like, okay, what are my interests? All right, I'm a big soccer fan. I love Melbourne Victory. Cool, I'm going to make a show about that. Yeah. Uh, and that that was actually that show was 
connected to a blog I was writing at the time as well, which wasn't very good either. But but that's just, you know, how you how you go. You progress and I can look back at the early stuff I did and yeah, it was pretty bad. But you only learn through doing, right? So right. that's just the natural progression. I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now uh, in, in podcasting if I didn't, you know, do those shows early, earlier on. So yes, I had the, the, the degree in, you know, audio production and I knew how to record decently and all that kind of stuff and yeah. still doing it, you know, from home and in my bedroom and things. So you can only kind of deal with the limitations of that. But but that's only one component. Getting great audio is is, you know, is important. But actually like how do you how do you, you know, present a show and how do you become a good host? What makes a good host? How do you make a show compelling? How do you structure it? How do you format it? All that kind of thing. So that was stuff that I was just learning and getting to grips with, you know, as I as I go. And I, as I said, I can look back to that stuff and think, oh yeah, I would change that or I would do that better or I would just never publish that or, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. um, yeah. I mean, you say never publish that because it, it makes me think like, I, I want to go back and listen to some of these episodes of Victory Cast because mm. it'd be interesting for me. Mm. I'm Melbourne Victory supporter myself as well. But... You know, you've just got to start somewhere, right? As you exactly. say, like yeah. Yeah. this will be one of my first thirty episodes when this is released, right? So I might listen back in five years, and hopefully, I'm still doing this, and I'm, I may cringe at my questions, or I probably won't cringe at the sound quality of this one, obviously. But you know, there'll be things around. I've already listened back to a few episodes the past week, yeah. Um, in regards to certain things that I'm looking for. And yeah, like, oh God, I sound horrible. And people take a while to get used to their own voice. Even today, I've got headphones on for the first time whilst recording, yeah. which is something you have to do, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, no one likes the sound of their own voice. You sure. just get used to it over time. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. But when you like started releasing, say, Victory Cast, mm. were you nervous like what were your emotions upon releasing that you mentioned you had a blog as well so mm-hmm. you'd already been releasing content or creating ultimately yeah in trying to you know communicate to the world yeah or at least to victoria yeah. australia <laughs> don't don't know if melbourne victory is too global just yet not not too global no but uh but yeah were we, you yeah anxious around that i think so but i was also excited as well yeah of this like the freedom of this new medium to just like make something put it out there and people can, you know, potentially listen to it or read it or whatever. So, yeah, it was just it was just an exciting thing to be able to put something out into the world and have other people, you know, judge it and um and have their input on it. So, yeah, I think that's a really it's a fun thing to do and it's a really empowering thing to do as well to be able to, you know, have your own voice and and yeah, put something out into the world where potentially anyone could could listen to it. So, yeah, I think I was just really eager to to make stuff and, and get stuff out there. Yeah. And, you know, whatever came of it, then, you know, so be it, basically. But I've always set a, a really high bar for myself. And, you know, you can go back and listen to the, the earlier stuff and you think, oh, you know, that wasn't great or whatever, and you can critique it. But that's just the natural progression over time as you, as you get better. Sure. But you're, you get into it because you want to make great content, right? Yeah. Whether you start off great or not, most people don't. Uh, that's the, the fact is that you want to make something great. So I've always tried to set the high, high bar for myself. I've always looked at, okay, what are other people doing? And, you know, how can I do do something better or do something different yeah. and, you know, continually improve? So, yeah. Who are some of those people? 
like your mentors, sources of inspiration? Because you mentioned there, you're setting that high bar. It reminds me of an article by Ira Glass called mm-hmm. The Gap. Yeah. You might, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the principle I was kind of referring to. Right. In that, yeah, there is there is the gap between, you know, when you start and kind of where you want to get to. Yeah. And it's just, it's yeah, it, it comes down to doing a lot of work and, and doing it and doing it over time and, you know, referencing your own, looking back at your own work, analyzing it, okay, what can I improve on and, and that kind of thing. One thing that's that's kind of unique to what I do or my process, I guess, is that I typically don't have other people critique, you know, episodes, say, for by association. I don't have someone like, you know, review the script before it goes out. Yep. Or like give me feedback and stuff. It's a really important thing to do if you have the the time and capacity to do it, and you have someone who's who you trust, who is skilled and can give you you know good feedback and say, hey, maybe shift this around, or maybe you know the story is you know lacking a bit here or there or, or whatever it may be. You know, have something someone editing your work and reviewing it is is a really important step. But I just don't have the luxury of time to to be able to you know wait for someone to, to get back to me and that kind of thing. I could make it work, but for me, it's more important just to get my hands dirty and just to make stuff and make stuff and then get the feedback later. And if listeners are saying, oh, that's great, then, you know, great. That's that's really, you know, affirming that I'm doing, you know, I'm doing something good here. So, to me, the listener's reaction and their input and their perspective is more is more valuable to me sure. than, than someone just saying, you know, who might be an expert saying, oh, you know, you could have shifted this part of the story or there was a, you know, a hole here you didn't quite fill or there was something missing or it didn't quite make sense here. I mean, that that's incredibly valuable. But for me, just doing a volume of work is, is, is kind of going to get me to where I want to be quicker, I think, yeah, sure. than, than trying to overanalyze every piece of work I do, every story and getting an expert to like, you know, sift through it. Break it down and yeah. figure out what you could do. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I think it's more valuable potentially to to do that at a later stage, because then you can see yourself how far you've come, right. and you can actually see your own mistakes yeah. and what the what an expert might be. I say an expert just as a you know easy way of saying like yeah, someone who's a more experienced you know audio storyteller than I am potentially. Sure, like um, you would be to me, absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah, so that in a way is is you, you can you can see those mistakes yourself, and it makes more sense to do that rather than yeah, kind of just analyzing every little mistake that you make or everything you could have done better because it you know hindsight's a, a wonderful thing and you can look back on your own work and it's important to do that and see how far you've come and if you can if you can see that progression, like that's a really valuable thing as well. You know, if you can't see any improvement, then you you know, okay, you probably continue, right? maybe reassess what you're what you're doing. But but it's the same for any creative practice, for sure. I have so many questions from that. I asked a bit of a question. I asked two questions before. It was like, who's a mentor of yours, and how did you get through that? And you you know, fair enough, answered one, which is a weakness of mine, asking two questions at once. Yeah, as an interviewer, but. Moving on sort of from that and we can come back to who's a mentor of yours because I'm sure there might be a few, but what did you do in the beginning in terms of 
amounts amounts of work in getting episodes out because you did say you know oh, I wish I hadn't have maybe released that episode or or that piece of content so to speak mm. and what you're doing now is very I would say cultured like it's five episodes which how long did they take to produce like you're working on them for a while right yeah a long time so I will say um, when I started by association I started production the end of 2015 and then released the first episode start of January 2016 yep. and was releasing uh, once a month. Yep. And then now in the last 12 months, I've taken like time off and then produced, I've, I've instead of releasing once a month, I've transitioned to seasonal. So producing a batch all in one go and then releasing it, you know, weekly, kind of like a TV show just because it takes a lot of time. So uh, yeah, the... The stories are, you know, generally anywhere from 15 to, you know, 20, 30 minutes long, and they take a lot of time. How much so, time are we talking? Oh, it's like f- probably 40, 50 plus hours per per story. Right. Um, and break that down for me. I know this might not be the most specifically interesting thing for a listener, but I feel like it can be expanded to any creative project Mm. because you're saying 40 to 50 hours but is that including and it may be like emailing emailing yes it's all of that right it's lining up interviews and then yeah so as soon as you have an idea for a story you know then and if it's a good idea and you want to pursue it that's when the work starts so it's like okay who do i need to tell the story Mm. and if it might be a personal story so you try and get in touch with that individual person say you read an article or you read a book about their their journey or something and you want to you want to delve into that or it's you know a story about a club or something it's like okay well who do i need to tell this story who's going to tell it well uh, and has all the the details so that might be someone who's personally involved then maybe someone who's written about it like an author Mm. so you kind of work out who you need to speak to and then start, yeah, start reaching out to them. So, you know, firing off emails, finding finding emails in the first place, trying to get in touch with people. Yeah. So, like a lot of this work is, I'm not a journalist, I'm not a trained journalist, never studied journalism at all. Sure. But a lot of the skills involved in, in you know, audio storytelling and, you know, narrative documentary stuff are very journalistic skills. For sure. So, in terms of, yeah, reaching out to people, tracking people down... Uh, securing pre-interviews, making sure that someone, you know, not only knows what they're talking about, but is kind of well-spoken as well and can com- can communicate what you need them to say for, for the story. Yeah, and working out all of those things. And then it's kind of form- forming like, you know, an idea of what this story is in your mind and how you're going to tell it and how it's actually going to play out. And it's always very different, you know, to what the end product is ends up being but you kind of have to have an idea of what you're going for and what angle you're going for for the story before you go into an interview so it's yeah uh communicating with people securing interviews recording the interviews and they're typically you know an hour long and then they get edited right down then it's like go you go into scripting and then once your script's done, then you can record your narration and then you start, you know, piecing it all together in, in your audio software. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's putting in music and sound design, any kind of archive audio. audio. Then you, you know, you do your mix and then another mix and then another mix and then your final <laughs> mix. And then, yeah, so there's a lot of, lot of stages. So you've got, you know, your pre-production, your production, and then your post-production. And that includes all your, you know, like 
social media stuff and trying right. to promote your own work and uh, all that kind of thing as well. So Something I'm fairly weak at, trying to get better at same. in the past few it's, weeks. Yeah. I mean, social media is like time consuming. It really is. Mm. And it's a skill as well. Like there is, there is, you know, skill in being able to write, you know, good copy for social and grab people's attention and using the right images and stuff. And yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a very small component to, to what I do because I just don't have the time to invest in it. And I feel like I can get more value out of other areas. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very involved production process. Do you reckon and you were putting in that many hours when you started? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, in some in some components of it, I've probably cut down just because, you know, I get faster at scripting. Get better at things, yeah. Yeah, you, you improve over time, but it's still a labor intensive thing. It's a, it's very production heavy. So anyone looking to go into that like if you've never done audio before or you've never done any kind of long form work, whether it's kind of writing or, you know, like putting an audio documentary together, uh, particularly like a season is like just as much work as like writing a book almost, you know, you think of how much work goes into writing a book, right? getting, you know, securing the people you need to, to interview and d- going through that, that process mm. like that alone is, is time consuming. So, and as I said, the interviews I do, are, you know, at least an hour long, sometimes more, sometimes a bit less. But the amount that actually gets used in a story is is like a fraction of the entire interview. So, right. you know, you've got to sift through that. You've got to, you know, get transcripts and, and work through, you know, what you're actually going to include. And yeah, it's 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 something that's actually very hard to explain to people who've never done it before. Sure. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great kind of tutorials and videos and stuff online that go through, you know, different processes and stuff. And that's how I, you know, got to grips with it. I just like, I knew I could kind of nail the production side of things in terms of production quality and stuff. But the storytelling element I'd never done before. So before I'd even like, you know, recorded anything, any interviews or done anything for a story, uh, when I first started, I spent like six months just reading, researching, mm. um, listening to podcasts with people like talking, listen, talking about uh, storytelling and, and the craft and stuff. So I tried to learn how to do it before I even started and then just started doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of just go through that process. And the thing is like everyone will do things a little bit differently, which is fine. However, you get to that end product is fine as long as you're creating, you know, a compelling story mm. in audio. So, some people like use transcripts, which I've started to do now. I mean, I've always transcribed the audio, but now there's kind of more free websites out there that'll give you like your rough transcript. Yeah. Uh, and then you can kind of fill in any kind of incorrections and stuff. Sure. Uh, and that allows you to, if you've got an hour long interview and you want to only use a certain certain parts of that, Right. Being able to look at a, look at a transcript or search in a transcript of like, okay, I want them talking about this particular bit. Search, find it in the transcript. Find that then, word and... Yeah, and then you've got, got the time... three-minute audio grab, Yeah, right. and then you've got the timestamp there from that hour-long interview. Mm. And you can just go straight to the audio and pull that, that bit out yeah. and then bring that into your timeline and your session and be able to construct your story around that. So, yeah, it's it's very involved. I like it. I'm learning just by being here. I mean, mm-hmm. I I've, I've do some of these things. I definitely do transcripts. I use Descript, which mm-hmm. you probably heard about, but mm-hmm. I pay for that. So, you maybe get, get the recommendation after of some better free ones, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. They get they get you in the ballpark. They don't give you a perfect sure. transcript, but um, 
yeah, it just helps speed up the process. But yeah, some people don't use transcripts at all. It's just like, um, it just depends how people like to work mm. and everyone's kind of different. And you, as you start to do this kind of stuff, you just, you get into your rhythm, you find what works for you. And working solo means that you can just do what you want. If you're working with a team, you know, um, that's very different as well. And mm. it doesn't mean you can't use some of those techniques that work for you, but you're also, in that regard, you're also kind of taking into account other people's, other people's roles. So, yeah, that's just, um, yeah, how it works. But finding your own rhythm is really important and that only comes from, yeah, doing a lot of work. Nice. What's the one piece of work that changed you the most that had a profoundly different James that went into it that came out the other side? Something that I've produced? Yeah, been involved in. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know if it like I was a different person or anything, but like um, one story I did uh, was around mental health in football, and that was a, a personal story about a guy who had dealt with you know depression for a long time for much of his life, and he spoke about how football changed him and kind of brought him out of the hole he was in um, because he started following the sport and was engaged with a real passionate community around his club, which is Spurs and how like watching world cup games and watching matches with, with fellow supporters in being involved in a community really helped him get out of his depression. And I wanted to tell a story around mental health in football, because I think it's a really important thing that doesn't get spoken about much Mm. from all aspects, not just supporters, but you know, players and, all that and just in life, sure. you know, and it's something that, that is evident in all areas of life and something that uh, through the game people don't speak about. So I wanted to address it in some capacity yeah. and I went into that story wanting to, I wanted to share different perspe- perspectives from people. So I, the initial idea was to get like, you know, four or five people with their own stories and struggles and kind of mix all that up into one one narrative and kind of sure. explored all the different avenues. And then this one guy, Aaron Wolf, uh, reached out and said, Hey, you know, I've got a story I can share. I'm like, great. So I did a pre-interview with him and he started telling me about it. And then actually, no, it was a, a DM on, on Twitter and he was like telling me about, you know, his journey. And I was like, this sounds great. Yeah. I'd love to speak to you. And then did like an hour, you know, over an hour interview with him. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is the episode. Yeah. That's all it needs. Like, it just, you just had him, did you? Yeah. So, I, 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 I'd done a couple of other interviews with people, but didn't end up using them because his story was way more impactful. Right. And yes, it didn't have like other people's stories and other people's perspectives, but it still illustrated, you know, the point that I wanted to hit home with in that like this sport is, you know, is really special to people and it can help people in a lot of way in the community aspect around it because mm, sure. it's a really big, you know, component. So it illustrated a lot of different things. So the power of the sport in that capacity and then just in general bringing attention to, to mental health issues. Mm. And I had some emails come back from from listeners saying, you know, that episode was really powerful and I got a lot of out of that. Out of that, I've, I've you know, struggled with mental health myself and being around my club is really, you know, 
helped me in a lot of ways. And yeah, and it was just, it was really nice to hear from people that something that I made, you know, actually impacted them in a really tangible way uh, and a real personal way. And that's just like... Why you do it, right? That's gravy, right? So, yeah. Beautiful. Good to hear, man. I'm... must admit, I, I missed that episode. When when did you release it? This was end of 2017, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's in the back catalogue, so go I'll and check it out. Definitely yeah. have to look it out. Look it up, rather. Nice one. So, how do you deal with critics or criticism? You mentioned before you mm. we were talking about mentors, and you have your process of more listening to listeners' feedback rather than going through a process of someone who may have more experience than you and critiquing each episode and, and the scripts. But what about negative feedback? Have you ever received much or haters online? Yeah, know? I've had so my fair share of haters over the years. <laughs> I'm also for earlier work I did than, right. than by association. And, you know, that's that's just part and parcel of, of being a creative person and putting stuff out there. Yeah. People are always going to critique it. Anytime you have an opinion, people are going to critique it. And that's fine. Like everyone can have their say. I I don't take much of that to heart because a lot of the time when you know the person is just like talking crap and and they're just trying to like, you know, get you started or, you know, they've just got a differing opinion and you know you're never going to agree. So, it's like, fine. I value, you know, constructive feedback. And if someone has constructive feedback about the show or something else I've done, fine. I'm happy to listen to that. And if I agree with it, then great. If there's something I can take from that and improve, then excellent. I think everyone should be open to constructive feedback and it's important to invite that on your in on your work uh, in any creative field. But if it's negative just for the sake of being negative or people who don't, you know, quite understand something and they've gotten the wrong impression or, or whatever, or then, you know, you just kind of, you got to let it go, right? You just got to let it, you know, past and and so be it people are always going to have negative opinions and and you know inviting negativity into your life is not a not a good thing in in that regard so yeah you just gotta let it go and it's just, it doesn't matter if it's just someone you don't know online like who cares mm. you know i've learned to really just kind of let that stuff pass because that could be easier said than done though right like absolutely i mean me for me just starting out the past six months um, I feel like lucky, like I haven't had really anything, mm. but I did notice like, you know, on the Apple reviews, you got your one, two, three, four, five stars, <laughs> got a couple of one star reviews randomly, which is whatever, but it's just like, it's just interesting yeah. how you respond. And I agree, you know, you got to just let it go. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there who have creative ideas and maybe aren't getting into them because they're worried about what people will say. And yeah. I guess I wanted to get your advice as someone who's put out a lot of work, you know, you're a very creative person putting out this stuff, but it's good to know, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's a natural thing in life that that happens. There's always going to be those kind of people. There's always going to be, you know, the the trolls and stuff. And that's really an aspect also of, of, you know, the modern age we live in with the internet and social media. Like it's just, it's just out there. So yeah, you've got to you've got to kind of pick and choose the the good stuff that's actually constructive, uh, and and work out okay is that valuable is that a fair criticism okay cool I'll take that on board, but all the all the trash that comes with it, I think you've really just got to be, you've got to be focused in terms of like what matters to you and and what you value, and you know if people are going to 
put stuff out there that's just negative and doesn't actually, you know, make any difference, then you just, yeah, you've got to let it go. Mm. And it's not an easy thing to do. But I think a lot of people, you know, they just get caught up in their own mind and, you know, people are putting out, you know, all those opinions out there. But if it's something you know, then maybe like bring it up with them and say, hey, you know, that wasn't cool. Like you just kind of called me out on that or whatever it may be. But sure, I think it just comes with experience. And, you know, particularly for, for younger people getting out into the kind of creative space where they're doing like YouTubing, vlogging, whatever. Yeah. You've got to know that there's always going to be, you know, stuff out there. And yeah, it's just part of being, being creative. Mm. So yeah, I mean, deal with it the best way you can, but try not to take it too personally as well. Sure. Uh, and trying to, trying to just try to focus on the, the constructive feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Thank you. So almost done, but I just want to thank you again. Last few questions, but thank you again for having me today. You're welcome. Really appreciated it all thus far. And I've got a few other questions that I don't think the listeners need to hear. So I'll try and remember them for after, after we're done just specifically relating to audio <laughs> production. Sure, sure. But what motivates you to do what you do every day? You know, we were talking before we started recording about working outside of an office and at home and on your own and, you know, it's very much a first-world problem but it can sometimes be tough to stay consistent is how I find it, yeah. you know, and stay disciplined really. Mm. But how do you stay motivated to do what you do? I mean, you don't work from home all the time but mm. just in terms of your general work? Well, I think the basic way of saying it is that I love what I do and mm. I'm really fortunate to be in a position at the moment now where I am I am working, you know, pretty much full-time in, in podcast production. And, you know, I've, I've worked hard to get to that standpoint. I've made the connections. I've done the networking. I've worked on my own skills for, for many years. You know, I've been doing podcasts for eight years now and and I've just really focused on, you know, trying to get good at doing something I love. And I think I am good at it and I'm still not where I want to be, but you know, I've, I've earned what I've got now. Mm. So yeah, I'm just kind of relishing that, that I've taken that opportunity and I've given the time and now it's paying back. So uh, it's not hard to get up every day and do something you love. And that's kind of the dream, right? So um, yeah, that's what motivates me. Every time I have a difficult day, which is not too often, but, you know, in every work, in every, you know, capacity of work, you you have bad days, you have struggles, you have, you know, frustrations and stuff. But I think it's more of being more present and reflecting on the situation I'm in. And it's like, well, things aren't that bad, really. Right. I've been through worse times and, you know, I'll get past it and just refocus and say, okay, well... I am doing something I love every day. I'm really fortunate to be in that position. You know, things aren't that bad. Yeah, and just being really grateful. So, you know, I, yeah, work from home some days, work in the office other days, but I'm doing podcasts every day and it's great. So, yeah, it's really just a matter of like just taking pause and reflecting on that and Mm -hmm. just, you know, pulling back and saying, well, yeah, I'm doing all right. Awesome, man. You mentioned you're not exactly where you want to be or where you want to get to, rather. What is that? What is the goal for you? Do you have a a big goal? Share your dreams, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's like very like specific, but Mm. it just means that like I want to be better at what I do. Sure. You know, I want to be known as 
someone who like takes great care and, and great pride in, in their work and does, you know, great work and great audio storytelling. Looking back to that, you know, that hourglass quote, like it does take time to get good at, at this kind of work. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not where I want to be. I want to, those kind of people who have been doing it for, for years, like 10 years or whatever, they are, you know, at a really high level of, of audio storytelling. Mm. And I think I've I've done well to get to where I am, but I think, yeah, there's always room for improvement totally. in, in any creative work. So, it's just, it's just constant improvement, constantly getting better yeah. and, you know, getting better at all those, those little kind of skills and components of, of the role. So, yeah, for me, the dream is to, you know, keep doing this every day. I want to do this as a career. Yeah. And that relies on, you know, partly the industry itself growing. Totally. Uh, and it's still, you know, it's still quite new, particularly in Australia, but I think we're getting there. Yeah. So that's really positive. Yeah. So the, the dream is just to be able to forge a, a career doing this. Yeah. And, you know, if that can, can last, then then great. But I think, you know, it also, it could potentially connect to, to other creative pursuits as well. Like, you know, I'm not much of a writer, but the idea of writing a book one day or something would be would be cool. I'd like to do, I'm not a video producer, but I'd like to kind of work in the field of video and do something related to, you know, the work that I'm doing already. Mm. So, you know, they're kind of long-term, you know, goals, I guess, but just continually working in the audio space, continually improving. That's, yeah, that's really where it's at. Yeah. Beast. One of the sort of short-term dreams, if I guess I could put it as short-term, but it's pretty big dream for me i listened to a podcast the anfield rap which is liverpool based podcast and i would love to go over and like just work with them or intern with them for a few months it would be my dream like i listen to a few of their episodes three four episodes of theirs a week and it just seems like so much fun is there something specifically like that because i know you've worked on an australian open podcast recently yeah right you you produce that right Mm. So, is there anything specifically like that that is like the pinnacle? Because I can understand wanting to work in it for like, you know, the rest of your life ultimately. But is there one thing that's like, God, if I could do that? Yeah, interesting question. I'm really passionate about by association. Like, I think everyone is really close to, you know, a project they've they've conceived themselves Mm. and worked really hard to, you know, to to do and, uh, and try and make something great. I would love that to to become like a career, or, you know, become a job and see the show continually to grow and become bigger and for more people around the world to to really, you know, enjoy it and embrace it. You know, that's that's kind of the dream to make something yourself and to see it, you know, become something that's sustaining, you know, as a job. Like that would be great. Totally. But you know, obviously that's that's not that easy to achieve. I'm you know, fortunate that the show has grown to a stand that it's in now where, yeah, it's it's of a high quality and the people that do listen, I'm really, you know, fortunate to have them and, and really value that listenership. Yeah, I would love the show to, to grow and, and become kind of more more global. You know, it's about a, a global sport and I'd love it to to become bigger and bigger that's kind of i guess the dream but there's other there's other shows and stuff you know in the states that i would love to to work on but again like i'm kind of a homebody like i i 
I love Melbourne and I love being here and I don't think I'm going to... I've always kind of wanted to work overseas at some point, but now I think, you know, at 32, I'm kind of just wanting to like settle a little bit. I'd love to travel more, but I don't think I'd be like, you know, if a job came up at a massive show in the US, like I don't know if that would be enough now to 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 move overseas. Sure. So... Yeah, I don't know. There's there's lots of things I'd, I'd love to do. I mean, I'd love to like cover a World Cup in some kind of, you know, storytelling capacity yeah, right. in audio or something like that. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. I mean, the, the sky's the limit, right? There's there's lots of lots of cool shows out there. I'd, I'd love to kind of, you know, produce stories for and and things like that. So, yeah, I think I guess if one I'm going to highlight ESPN's 30 for 30. Yes. Uh, show is, is, you know, it's a video uh, documentary series that's now been converted into a podcast series. Yeah. And that's of a, you know, really high, high standard. And I'd love to, you know, get a story on their show one day. That's, you know, it's not always an easy thing to do. They don't always do those kind of like outside commissions and stuff. But yeah, yeah if anything, that's kind of, that'd be a, a really cool thing to do. But, um, you know, one day we'll see maybe. Awesome, man. I'll be listening along and yeah, hoping you get, you get you get there rather. Sweet. What advice would you give to your twenty year old self? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I think I I do think about like the person I used to be. I'm a very different person these days. I think I've grown quite a lot and I've matured quite a lot. I guess I would kind of just give myself like my twenty year old self license to to follow what I'm interested in what I'm passionate about and to like not back down on stuff like there's been moments where I've maybe like not followed a certain path because you know it's what other people might not want for me and you know go the safe route get a safe job and just be safe and stable and all that and don't risk you know trying to follow this creative path because it's probably not going to work out or whatever I guess I would just say like yeah it's kind of it might sound cliche but like listen to yourself and listen to what what motivates you and what what drives you and follow that that voice and yes you can't like you know you've got to you've got to better eat and you know be sensible about it but at the same time like don't don't give up and listen to listen to that inner voice and and if something is is calling you then then you know pursue it in any way you can beautiful love to hear it mate well i've really enjoyed this today thank you so much for taking the time having me around thank you it's been fun yeah there you go james parkinson with the hope initiative cheers thank you So there you have it, episode 24 of the Hope Initiative with James Parkinson of most recently By Association. It's a fabulous podcast. I definitely recommend checking it out, even if you're not a massive uh, football or, or soccer fan. Definitely have a listen. There's some interesting stories there, such as the one with the US women's football team, the one on mental health. There's quite a few others. There's even one about Whitehorse United, the soccer club that I play for and also vice president at. Didn't get interviewed myself when, when James was down a few years ago, but nonetheless, great, great episode. So check him out, check out his stuff, and I hope you learned something from this. If it gave you some inspiration or you think that it can help one of your friends or family or an acquaintance or your arch enemy, take a screenshot, send it over to them. I would really appreciate it. And yeah, 
Thanks as always for listening and until next time, all the very best. <laughs>